listening to The Breakfast Show with Lawson and Blake live in the studios and Shanna on the buttons making it happen behind the scenes. Uh, we have been having a little discussion about some marshmallow pants. That's right. That you are not a big fan of. Lawson. I'm not. We're going to talk about it. We are? We're going to talk about it because I know that... That, Mon was uh, pumped. Mon was stepping into a field of which she did not know about. Oh. And and now oh. I am coming as a self-proclaimed expert to say <laughs> that it's incredible. We'll, we'll get there in a little Consultant bit. Consultant <laughs> Lawson Walters, just in. Yeah. Not, not, not just like for the sake to rang them on, although that's something I love to do. Mm-hmm. Right. But, um, right. of course. But, you know, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what's up. Oh, wait, what are you grateful for this morning, Blake? Ah, uh, yeah. What am I grateful for this morning? Well, bookshelves. Bookshelves? Yeah, I just put one together yesterday, and it they're a lot better at than just like a box on the ground for books. Uh-huh. And so the bookshelf, it, it I, one thing I'm kind of weirded out now, like everything comes in like flat pack panel like packaging these mm. days, and so you got to put it all together, but it's so satisfying too. Mm-hmm. You put it all together, got the little bookshelf. And now all my books actually look good, not just in a box. So mm. bookshelves. I love bookshelves. And I love books as well, too. But I'm mm-hmm. thankful for bookshelves because it just makes things a little more uh, organized yeah, in my ab- life. Absolutely. Chaos. <laughs> absolutely. Dude, putting together the bookshelves. is. I, are you a fan of putting together furniture or are you like someone who finds that tedious and annoying? Yep. T- tedious and annoying. Definitely. Yeah. I know. I, I like, I like, you know. I like it laying, when it's done. Laying, yeah. I like laying all the parts out there and going for it but then sometimes there are just pieces of flat pack furniture that were designed by someone inspired by satan to ruin your day <laughs> like wow. they are just incredibly were you a lego kid i love lego yeah, okay i love lego i was a lego kid and a train kid so i would like make a city that was like trains and then like lego buildings and lego people that was that was my thing growing up at least <laughs> wow cool <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show live from Newcastle, Australia with Blake and Lawson here in the studio and Shanna producing it up behind the scenes. Mm. Lawson, it's been a wild time. You were gone yesterday. I, I was. You. I wasn't here. I, okay? uh, I wanted to be in person to attend... My first Greek class, which is actually going to be running from eight till nine. Now I'm going to stay on. I was going to say you were. I, I thought you weren't going to do it. No, so so you change your mind. Basically, sit, this is a situation. Okay, Sitch. so I'm going to do a Greek class. Yeah, it's like one of the most difficult units in my whole course, mm-hmm. the whole theology degree. But it's also very necessary because it's kind of like the prerequisite for FF other, ones, other yeah. units. So I need to do it. But I was thinking like. When they told me that the class was from 8 till 9 at the end of last week, I was like, oh, maybe I need to change because I won't be able to do it because of radio. Right, right. But I've been assured by my course convener and by the lecturer. He's like, look, just email me online and uh, just watch the recordings of the classes. You'll be able to do it. So, guys, I'll be able to speak Greek pretty soon. You're going to be speaking Greek at That's the right. end of the semester. Well, already, the difference between, like, I did Hebrew last semester. I did really well. I got a HD. Whoa. But in Hebrew, it was like... I got like, HDTV lit awesome <laughs> um but the difference between greek and hebrew from what i can see already hebrew was like oh you have a week to learn the alphabet greek is like you have a day and then tomorrow you should be reading words and you should be spelling them you should be writing them and you should be legit 
So that's wow. that's that's the Greek vibes. So Greek it's vibes. lots and lots and lots of content. That doesn't taste anything like the pita wraps that I have at the at the Greek place nope. on the top of Katara. And uh, pita is probably the wrong pronunciation of that too. That's what I'm yeah. learning. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm learning as well. But you're listening to the breakfast show. We is have feta the right thing to say. I don't, I don't even oh, know. Oh, no. Okay. Okay, here we go. What's it? Mate, hey, if you're Greek, 0491 <laughs> or you speak Greek, let us know. What city am I? Abraham refused to accept anything from the king of this city so that the king would not be able to say that he had made Abraham rich. Now, we, there's an extra little clue. We talked about the city recently. We know what's up. We know we, we know what's going on. So, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And if you call and text that number with the correct answer, you'll go in the draw to win Seven Deadly Relationship Sins by Jennifer Jill Schwerzer, as well as 13 Weeks to Joy by Jennifer Jill Schwerzer. So, you want both of these books? We'll give them to you for free. All you have to do is call in and... Uh, or text. Or text. Wait. We're going to put you in that draw for these prizes coming on Friday. Well, Lawson, we've had a little controversy Mm -hmm. in the studio this morning. You are not a fan of s'mores or marshmallow pants. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Specific. Well, I'm firstly, I'm, (laughs) I'm, uh, I'm plant based, so I don't eat s'mores. Ah, what? Oh, yeah, because s'mores have marshmallows in them and chocolate. So marshmallows are... Well, marshmallows have gelatin, which is like pig. Oh, man. Yeah, so... Who would have known? I I grew up on that. (laughs) Oh, actually, same. Actually, actually same, but not my my deal anymore. Not my vibes anymore. Okay, fair enough. Do they have, like, plant-based marshmallows? They do. And they taste terrible. terrible. Yeah. They, they <laughs> yeah, do, and they, they the, do. The way you they said it, do. Too, like, yeah, they do, but yeah, don't, don't eat them. It's it, we're not about it. Okay, but hey, we're talking about marshmallow pants because there was a story that Mon reported on yesterday about these new pants coming out that have CO two cartridges in them. That basically, when you crash a motorcycle, <laughs> the plant, the pants blow up. That was the sound effects, and uh, you know it'll have. I I'm I assuming. From what I understand about this technology, save your buns. Because it's been around for, they've been using it in the highest level of motorsport for about fifteen years. And you'll come off the bike, and it will feel some disconnection from the bike. There'll be a sensor, some jolt, and then as a result of that, the airbag will explode, and you'll land on the ground. Now, the thing I was seeing about these pants, because I looked it up and I was reading this story, I, I listened in a little bit to the show yesterday, but I didn't catch Mon's good news, so I didn't know she was talking about it. But I was reading this story, and at first I'm like, oh, cool, a motorcycle thing, because for those who don't know, my background is motorcycles. Like, you know, when you say, oh, my background is this professional, this profession. At one time, I was literally a professional motorcycle racer. Right, so, right. So that's so you kind of know what you're talking. I kind of know a little bit, bit uh, about about just what's... slightly more than me, who has once rode a Honda Trail 90. That's right. Yeah, yeah just a little, just like a little bit more. Okay. Uh, so just just looking, just coming from that background and looking at these pants. Now, the advertisement for this that they've sent to this, you know, news company that's done the article is like, oh, they're endeavoring to protect recent, like up until previously, like unprotected places, specifically like the thighs and like your butt and your tailbone and whatnot. Now, this is the thing. This is the thing that we need to understand. Yeah, I'm ready. So in like MotoGP and high-level racing, they've already got airbags in their suits. Okay. But none of those airbags actually cover these areas. What? And the reason is because 
like the area of the thigh. Like, what are you protecting there? The breaking of the femur? It is almost impossible to break your femur on a motorcycle. Unless, like, there's only one scenario in which it can happen. And that is if you were to, like, land on the point of a massive jump. This is the only time I've seen someone break a femur. Land on the point of a massive jump and then someone run over you. That's the only time the old, I've seen someone break a femur. The old classic femur snap. Which just, like... Never happens. A, a broken femur is almost a death sentence, it's, too. By the way, it's one of the yeah most awful bones to break. Yeah, if but you like, break that, it's you're having a bad day. But like the majority of the expansion of these pants are to protect the femur, which I just don't understand. Simultaneously, it protects the butt, which mm-hmm. is like okay, you know, fair enough, like tailbone injury. But the point is, so this this brand, they're like, yes, we're doing something new and fresh, and we're protecting these parts that are previously unprotected and and whatnot. But for the longest time, it, at the highest level of competition, like the suit pants and the jeans with those with they have armor already in them, like plastic and Kevlar and whatnot, have already done a fantastic job. And the real place that needs protecting when you crash a motorcycle is your upper body. The thing that you're most likely to break when you crash a motorcycle is your collarbone. And I know that because I've broken both of mine. So, <laughs> so like, dude, I'm, I'm rocking broken collarbones and broken elbows. Did you break them in the same crash? Both? No, no, no. I broke my... Oh, so you broke one and then you decided to go back and break Yeah, that's one. right. I broke my left collarbone when I was 12 and my right collarbone when I was 14. Okay. So you were kind of just like, hey... I broke this one, but you know, I just got to even things up. But so I'm gonna go I've break also the other one. broken my left and right elbow, which is Ouch. which is what conventional airbags for motorcycle suits also protect. And, and you had an airbag suit. So when I broke my elbows, I didn't have an airbag suit because it's it's been like a, a bit more of a recent thing. Like now, pretty much everyone in world level competition has to run them. When I was racing 2014, 2015, almost like ten years ago now. Uh, when I was racing 2014, 2015, it was kind of like they were a newer technology that only the highest, 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 highest level running, which is like the MotoGP guys. So there was about 20 guys in the world that had them. Okay. But now, now, it's, it's, now it's like at the level I was, was which was junior world champ, like under 21 world championship. Now everyone's running them there because they've become compulsory and mandatory. Yeah. You it's, would think to like protect the kids, MotoGP guys. Yeah. Well, there's been a big push to protect the kids but yeah i'm looking at these pants and the thing that just gets me about particularly in the motorcycle industry and maybe in when you're familiar with a particular industry when you see people using buzzwords and catchwords and then charging 560 american dollars for pants which is just pants like that's crazy it's almost a thousand australian dollars. that is a thousand australian dollars just for just for motorcycle pants which is astronomical and they're like oh we're doing it because i'm like no this is this is a gimmick okay so i just had to get that off my chest right uh, I, you know the i don't want to gimmick i don't want to out monica i know that she's not un- even if they were designed by kanye yeah not worth it even if i don't care who actually, they design actually, it, 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 it definitely not worth, not worth it yeah <laughs> but i don't care who they're designed by because because this is this is this is gimmicky and i was like i don't like this and so i'm glad that mon talked about it and we can see the the dichotomy here of you know where where people are coming from but maybe you're a motorcycle rider i'll give you the advice don't buy these pants go and <laughs> go and buy alpine stars or Danese or something i'm not sponsored by them to say that but i'm just like they're good quality pants for less price and without redundant and unnecessary airbags which the other problem with airbags 
in a street like environment is that they'll just randomly go off. How awesome would that be? And I just would love that. Just no, like- no, because it's super painful. You want to get hit by an airbag in a car? <laughs> like you want to get hit by an airbag on you know in, in that area? I no, want to get I don't those pants so. for someone else with a remote control to make them go off at a time. That's probably choosing. the only reason to own these pants <laughs> is as a prank. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show bright and early on a beautiful Australian morning mm. where we get to go through some clue quizzes or quiz clues. Sorry, a little... Uh, some clue uh, quizzes. Clue quizzes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so what, if, what if we had that? Clues about a quiz. Like, what quiz is this? <laughs> Whoa. How do, is that like a kind of... What, what's that show? Is it Jeopardy? Where they... Yeah, where they what give is, you the question yeah, and then the city, like, or they give you the answer, or the, however it works. Yeah, yeah, it I, is. It's almost the reverse of what we're doing. That's right. right. Dude, yeah. We should get that going. Yeah, Faith FM Jeopardy. As long as we're not breaking any copyright laws or whatnot, we can call it Trouble. Because I don't even kind of similar. To <laughs> double, double Jeopardy. Double Trouble. Um, I actually don't know if Jeopardy is even a thing anymore. Yeah, it is. Okay, surely. I don't know. It, it'll never stop. Because Alex Trebek is not there anymore. Yeah. So, because he's doing other things. <laughs> like, <laughs> What's the clue? Anyways, <laughs> um, four kings seized all the food and goods from this city and captured Abraham's nephew. You know the answer to that one? 0491-064-669. Again, four kings captured all the wealth and the food in the city and took Abraham's nephew as a captive. You know the answer? Again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That's for 400 points. And we're, as we're going through, it's, it's getting starting to get easier and easier until you get less points for answering correctly. Absolutely. Lawson, I don't even know how to like talk about this next story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's shrouded in mystery within an enigma mm-hmm. upon a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's okay. been a lot of reports that have come through. Like, Sounds pretty straightforward. <laughs> that's what that's what that's what's yeah. happening. Yes. Okay. Look, I I don't know how to feel about all this, but like, there is a report from the Wall Street Journal right now mm-hmm. that came out a few a few days ago. Now, and the White House has now responded, but a few days ago, that is essentially saying uh, that the FBI and the Energy Department have come to the same conclusion that COVID nineteen as a virus was created in a lab in Wuhan and has been released. Mm. The evidence has been presented to the Congress, and Congress has been able to go through it and review the document as well, too. Uh, But the National Intelligence Council, I believe, the NIC, if I'm not mistaken, have basically, which is like a, a... all the departments, like CIA, FBI, like all the you know all mm. the people that we don't even know who they are, but you know they're all there, and they're saying the official stance is like, hey, we just don't know, mm. like, like we went from it's definitely from an animal to now, it's they're saying, hey, it's a lab uh, released thing from Wuhan, yeah. but now the intelligence department is like, well, we're not sure, like mm. we we were positive that it was from an animal. But now that you're saying it's from this, like, well, we don't know. It could be, it could be anything. Mm. Here's my thoughts on all of this. Just like, because you can go through the information, you can go through the article yourself mm-hmm. uh, and, and check it out. But the Wall Street Journal basically, you know, is saying uh, that with 
a low level of confidence from the energy department and a medium level of confidence from the FBI that this was an engineered, designed virus that was leaked, whether intentionally or unintentionally, onto the public. And now there's talks about this being directly from, like, purposely done through China. Mm. Now, China's response is, hey, don't investigate us. <laughs> don't do it. Don't look at yeah. us. That when the World Health Organization has come to say, hey, we want to do uh, some research, they're like, no, you can't come. Well, the Chinese government has also said, and this one blows my mind, hey, stop politicizing a biological issue, mm-hmm. right? Because essentially what they're saying is like, you're blaming the Chinese government for a pandemic that was released onto the world. Mm. A pandemic that killed nearly 7 million people mm. and a million Americans. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some people who are now saying, hey, from a legality perspective or from a, you know, from a country security perspective, China needs to be held accountable. Mm. How do you hold how do you hold a country accountable for a million deaths? I mean, that's like because what they're saying is this is a terrorist attack. You mm. did this on purpose. Now the results, you didn't know what they were gonna be, but you've released this thing in a way that has Killed a bunch of Americans. And now there's a bunch of Americans that are mad. And not just Americans, people all around the world. Mm. This was like an attack on humanity. What are your thoughts on this? Because I know you got a lot of friends in China, or, well, Chinese people who are here in Australia. Yeah. And it's a complicated thing. I'm trying to navigate all of this as well, too. I, one, th- one thing I have, one thing I know from all mm. of this governments probably shouldn't be your number one source of trustworthiness, mm. regardless of country. Mm. Number two, the CCP has proven to be the least trustworthy government that I've seen in recent years. Your thoughts? Well, I, I know some people from China yeah, who yeah, would know. 100% agree with what you're saying about the, the trustfulness of China. On the other side, you know, you've got a situation in which you've got a, a almost totalitarian regime taking place in China, in a country with a billion people. Oh, I thought you were people. talking about America. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, yeah. In, in China. Maybe both. Uh, potentially both, but, like, China is something else, you know, where Next level when stuff. we talk about, like, deep state and whatnot, like, that's actually taking place over a billion people. So you've got a huge government party there that needs to see over so much. And, uh, look, when it comes to the idea of where the virus came from, I think that... I'm I I have a pretty low tolerance for conspiracy theories. Yeah, this this is why like, this is why I'm trying to figure I, this out. F- for me, I'm like I'm. There were, there were people from the beginning saying, "Oh, pandemic, da 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 da," and I'm like, "Hey, well, let's let's do an investigation and prove it before we're going to make accusations like that." Because China China's an interesting place because you've got this thing of there's a lot of pressure on China right from the outside world because they can see that they've got this totalitarian government Mm -hmm. uh and so particularly in in uh hong kong in in terms of its relationship with hong kong its relationship with taiwan and its relationship with like the northern well there's southern kind of middle east and the the uh, north of china where you've got like countries like kazakhstan and uzbekistan and and whatnot uh there is really like a lot of the western world like specifically america is trying to do everything that they can to get there to get into those places so that they can put pressure on China. But then because of that potential pressure, China uses that as an excuse to run a totalitarian regime and to, you know, 
control the people and hey you should listen to what we say and oh anything against america is justified because so i think it's totally plausible and reasonable for the chinese government from their perspective to go again if this is proven Right. And from what we've seen China do in the past and the, the track record of the CCP. and Which most, is bad. Which is the, bad. These, this is the same CCP that welded people into their building to die. To die when, yeah. In the, during the pandemic. During, during Not COVID. even the pandemic. It was, it was after As the after, pandemic. As after, yeah, co- during COVID zero, which was a huge point of contention. That, that's been a real point where the, the public has turned on this CCP. I guarantee you the public turns when you start welding me into my house. Yeah. Like we're having some serious issues here. But... It's totally plausible from my perspective. You're seeing a country get a lot of pressure put on them, but what relinquishes that pressure? The inability to move. And what does COVID-19 cause? That inability. Hmm. And so then it's, it's, you know, in terms of Taiwan and Hong Kong and their relationship with China during the pandemic, at least I can see a version of that where China is thinking about releasing a pandemic or whatever it may be, where they say, well, this is going to take the pressure off our relationship. Well, the outside scrutiny of our relationship with those countries. But unfortunately, you know, COVID-0 didn't work out and their ability to get into those countries hasn't necessarily worked. And so as a result, like, there is now heightened investigation and, and looking towards it and, and all the more pressure being put back on China. And so... And we're seeing this not even with, like, pandemic stuff, but uh, I was reading another article this morning about there was a, a, a fighter jet or mm-hmm. a Chinese fighter jet that basically buzzed a passenger flight in international airspace, mm. essentially saying, well, not a passenger flight, but a uh, routine mm. military flight in international airspace. And China is basically making some claims with this, like, no, no, these are our waters. Mm. They're not yours. This mm-hmm. is near Vietnam. And so there's like this real kind of uh, growth That's of right. CCP influence around the world because China is in a position where they are they have a country with a billion people in it and the potential to influence the rest of the world. Yet they're holed up. But it's like if we want to send people into those other spaces, think about it from their perspective. It's like oh, if we can have Chinese influence in a in a lot of different areas, uh, we can send people into those spaces. But yeah, it's interesting. We can talk about this later. We, sure. we, we can we can elaborate. Speculate. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Listening to the Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson live from Newcastle, Australia. We're in the studio. He almost lost the quiz, but you found it again. That's right. It was. On the floor, actually, halfway through, halfway through reading out the last question, I was just, I was just talking with my hands and flicked it up into the air, like a ninja star. That's right, it just flew across the room. But here it is, back in my hand again for the third question for three hundred points. What city am I? The Lord said He would visit the city to see if the evil things He had heard about it were true. If you know the answer to that one, hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Excellent stuff. Uh, that That's a very ominous clue. That's right. Let me let me read it again. The Lord said he would visit the city. Did he go on vacation there? You know, did he have a holiday? No. Um, but it's like, okay, he visited the city to do what? To see if the evil things he had heard about it were true. Oof. You know... Thinking of that city, uh, you would not want a holiday there. 
ever. Ever. Yeah. It's, I'm just like, it's, no. We're especially good. in good. a particular time. I will continue to work my nine to five job without any vacations if that's my only option. Mm-hmm. No, I'm good. Is there anywhere in the world that you wouldn't go right now? Uh, China. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm keen to go. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show, and it's time for an interview, right? Oh, oh it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer Skews, are you with us here this morning? I am. I hope you can hear me all right. We can hear you just perfectly. Jennifer, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Can't uh, complain. <laughs> it's been a little while since you and I have had a, an opportunity to chat. I've been away in Finland, and uh, I know that you've been on Faith FM since I've been back, but it's it's very good to hear your voice and very good to uh, have you join us back here on The Breakfast Show. How's a, how? What are we talking about today, actually? Well, we've been doing um, a few sort of, I guess, insights into sleeping problems because it's a major underpinning for all mental health because if you don't get a good night's sleep, you can't think straight, you can't make good decisions, your mood changes, um, you're more reactionary, um, and life is miserable when you're tired a lot of the time. That is a very accurate statement (laughs) as someone who has uh, experienced – Basically everything you just listed. I felt like it was just a little insight into my life. Uh, little that was a little awkward. Okay. <laughs> right, because I've I've had insomnia years ago, and I know how awful it is. So I'm trying to work full time, and so a lot of people suffer this. But we have talked a bit about it over several sessions, end of last year and last week. So what I wanted to do was really just pick up a few very key points. Because I think people know a lot about, there's a lot around sleep hygiene and going to bed on time and you know, certain things you do, but there's a couple of key elements that people miss or people don't tell you. And one of them is your blood sugar levels. Because yeah. when you go to bed at night, you've had a meal, I don't know what time, unless you're not eating properly. Of course, if you eat too late, that's a problem that can cause a lot of a vivid dreaming, you can't sleep well because your body's trying to digest. Say you have your meal, it's a few hours before you go to bed, your blood sugars are stable, but after midnight, the blood sugars start to drop. Now, they're meant to drop slowly, So, and as your blood sugars drop overnight, you start to come out of a deep sleep, and by early morning, blood sugars are low, and then um, you're coming out of your deep sleep because of it. It's like an inverse relationship. And, of course, then you want to get up, and if you're a normal, healthy person, which I do, most of us don't feel that way at times, then you you have breakfast, which is to break the fast because you fasted overnight. But if your blood sugars plummet too rapidly after midnight, you wake up. So instead of it being early morning, you actually wake up and you're wide awake. You might not feel hungry, but the problem is your blood sugar levels have got too low too quickly. So the recommended remedy is to have what is called a low GI snack. So something that actually will quickly stabilize the blood sugars and you'll be able to go back to sleep. Um, Is this where the term midnight snack comes from? I think so. The problem (laughs) is I have more like a midnight buffet. It's it's like a snack, but bigger. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you can keep it to a snack, then, and that means you've got to look at what you're going to have. One of the best, and I know not everyone can eat peanuts, but peanut butter is um, just a spoon of that will do the job for those who can. Yep. 
a, a, a bit of trail mix, you know, a few nuts and a bit of dried fruit, just enough in the palm of the hand so it's not a meal. You're not going to um, weigh down your digestive system. Um, something with oats in, oats can be quite stabilising. Whole grain, like a um, whole grain biscuit, dry biscuit. I mean, you okay. can put a bit something on it if you want to, but nothing, no added sugars. Um, so anything, you can actually research low GI foods and look at something to have. So have it organised, like so you know you've got something there. So if you do wake up and you're wide awake, yeah, people tell me they get up and they do their ironing and they clean the floors. This is what women do or get on the computer and you might be up a couple of hours and then you go back to sleep and you feel terrible the next morning. Mm. But if it is your blood sugars have dropped too quickly after midnight, I guarantee having that snack will put you back to sleep and you will feel better the next day. So there's one remedy and a lot of people have this problem they don't realise. So... Basically, I can have a little trail mix next to my bed, and if someone's like, hey, why do you have food in your room? I'll be like, hey, I got some really solid advice from a sleep expert, Jennifer Skews, <laughs> that I'm allowed to have snacks in my room. Thank you very much. Well, why don't you get up, have your snacks where they're meant to be in the kitchen or wherever you'll eat, and <sighs> don't point. have them in your bedroom. If you're a snacker, you're more like, oh, I'll have a bit more, I'll have a bit more. Got it. Okay. <laughs> All right, this time I'll accept the advice. I guess that's a good idea. Uh, is there anything else besides having the low GI snack that can help us with our sleep? Okay. A big one for some people, uh, might be a lot of people, is using technology too late at night. So at least if you can, an hour or two before bed, turn off the TV, don't go on your phone, don't uh, don't go on your computer. I know they have things like blue lights that help or they dim the lights on your computer. You can do a night thing. But it's still better because light will affect the brain and when you go to bed, you can't sleep well. It disturbs the brain function. So that's another one. People struggle with that because a lot of people watch TV right till they go to bed, things like that. So I have, it's just, I have an aunt hmm. who just leaves the TV on all night. 24 yeah, I, yeah, it actually is crazy to me like i can't even function with it going on my my dad's thing is that he wakes up at i don't know 2 a.m or so and then get gets out of bed goes to the couch puts on like a movie with subtitles watches the movie for about five minutes and then goes back to sleep and then he wakes up in the morning on the couch in front of the tv with the tv playing Sleep, yeah. And this is where do if you're going to do something like that or read, have something that isn't triggering adrenaline or stimulating, something that will allow you to relax with it to go back to sleep. So there are things you can do. Um, another what? main go on. Oh, I just wanted to say one thing that I have noticed, and I don't know if everyone has access to this or not, but there are Access to this has been increasing throughout Australia as well too. But when we were in Finland, right. uh, we were, we would do like a they're called a ranta sauna, which is like a, essentially it's like a beach side sauna or a lakeside sauna. You go in, you do a sauna session, then you go out into a literal lake of ice, and then you get into the water, and then go back into the ranta sauna, and you kind of do several rounds of that. I okay. found that after I did that. I literally could barely keep my eyes open before I got to the bed. Yeah, it was a very interesting thing. I don't know. 
I don't know if that's just a personal thing, but like afterwards I was like, all right, guys, I'm going to bed. Ugh. You know, like it was just like, and I slept super deep sleeps like yes. for hours. You know, I was like, whoa, that was, it, it does something to the body or at least f- for me. Uh, yes. So it's anecdotal evidence, I suppose, but it definitely yeah. made my sleep very, very good. Yeah. Well, the other thing, and it may be it helped with your brain function in doing that is left, right brain balance. Because when your brain is out of balance, you don't sleep well. In fact, you don't function well. You're either running on emotions or just your brain won't stop thinking. And so correcting that can make a difference. So maybe that's what happened. In doing something like that, it got the brain back into balance as well, as well as helped the nervous system calm that down. So I know things like that work. Yeah, it is interesting. There are probably studies on it, but I haven't researched it, that tell you why that, how beneficial it is, because it's a common practice in countries like that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about the, the benefits of sleep, but I have done a little research on saunas in general. I, I keep saying sauna because that's how they say it in Finland, but a sauna, basically. And uh, the sauna culture is essentially if you have 57 minutes of hot treatment and then yep. 11 minutes of cold treatment mm-hmm. per week mm-hmm. so 57 to 11 per week so basically yep. an hour to 10 minutes you know around that time yeah uh it's really really beneficial for fighting chronic long-term disease and i don't i don't i'm not sure exactly the science behind that but the research shows that those who yep. do this 57 to 11 kind of thing uh, really, I think it's something like an 80% decrease in chronic disease, which I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. 80% is pretty decent. Yeah, it just makes it worthwhile. But that would be because it strengthens immunity. And one of the things when you have a shower, if you have a really hot shower and then the last part of it, you know, like five minutes, couple of minutes, whatever you can tolerate, put it on to very cold. And that actually improves immune function. So that would be the same principle. Okay, so that, that makes yeah. sense then. Yeah. Okay. So just like going super, super hot in the shower yeah. and then cold. And cold. Yeah. Yes. Which is the same principle as what you're talking about. And that will help immunity. It helps the brain. It brightens you up. So it's something if you can do things like that, it's just little things you can build into your day that make a big difference to your immunity, your health, your capacity to sleep. So it's uh, because most people are busy. So finding things that don't take forever or they have to you know, constantly do is really helpful. So I sort of look for those little things you can do that will make a difference. Okay, excellent. The snack and, and uh, the cold shower. So, uh, very um, good. Hmm, so that's important. And so I'm just wondering too, just from a, a different kind of perspective here, how does sleep impact just your mental health in general? I, I am a little bit interested in that because I definitely feel like I make bad decisions when I'm groggy. You do because when you don't get enough sleep, the brain hasn't done the repair work overnight. Sleep is a way for the brain to recover and during 
during the day we have stress, things happen, we're busy, the brain actually um, physically deteriorates and we've got uh, the proteins in the brain, they, they're damaged. So at night we're meant to be doing the repair work to put everything back together again. So that means if you don't get a good night's sleep, the brain hasn't done the repair work. So it's, it's sort of behind the eight ball, as they say, um, the next day. And then if that keeps happening, and I do have clients who have extreme insomnia and if they just, even one of them will just go to sleep on her feet and fall over backwards and she has nano naps because the brain will want a nap during the day when you don't have enough sleep. But you can't think straight. You can't make good decisions. You're likely to be more emotionally reactive, right? You can't... Uh, the brain just can't function as it's meant to when you haven't had that repair work done at night and a good night's sleep. And that's a deep sleep. You know, you said when you're in Finland, you could go into that really deep sleep. And that's what we need. That's when that repair work occurs. Is there a, is there like, I know a recommended time is like eight hours of sleep, but is there like a, a minimum that like, let's say if you're in a bad travel situation or something like that, like what is the, what's like the minimum goal to get? Well, from my experience and what I understand, if we need a couple of hours deep sleep at least, and we usually go in and have a good deep sleep and then come out again, and we do a couple of cycles over three or four hours, so we're meant to do about two cycles a night or maybe more. So if you can get that deep sleep, even if it's a short period of time, it definitely makes a difference. Um oh. It, it varies, but like how long, how much sleep you need. When I'm really doing well and sleeping well, I can do about seven hours sleep a night. Some people might do more. Uh, some people do eight hours. So it, it varies from person to person. Right. Okay. So, is, so trying to get that seven to eight hours is like a real good goal to be looking forward to. Yes, yeah, so not eating too late at night, um, having a nightly ritual where you calm yourself down and have some time, wind down time. Um, I mean, that's when it might be good to have that shower, before, not just before you go to bed, but in the evening. Um, so there's a lot of things you can do. It's like we have to prepare for the sleep cycle. And we don't. We rush around, get everything done and watch TV, listen to things. And I know I've been guilty of all of that over the time. And uh, then expect to go to bed and go to sleep and get a good night. And we don't. Yeah, well, we're, we got to keep working on that, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining us on Faith FM. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.